ahead and take it today and please open to the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth, you'll find this little book right after Joshua, Judges, then Ruth. A Jewish tradition says it was written by the prophet Samuel, and he's the one who anointed David to be king. It has been called the most beautiful short story ever written. It is the first Cinderella story, but it is more than a rags to riches story. It is our story. It is the story of all of the redeemed who came to God by faith. Now, here is something interesting. This is the only biblical story that views God through the eyes of a woman. Uh, I want you to know that this message applies to all of us, so don't tune me out uh, just because you're not a mom or a grandma. My message today is entitled, Growing Closer to God When You're Alone, Naomi, The Joys and the Sorrows of Motherhood. Now here in Ruth chapter 1, we watch Naomi descend down the steps of darkness and loneliness in this difficult season of her life. You know what it feels like. You know what it feels like to be able to go down steps into a, a dark room. It can be, well, it can be a little anxious. It can be even a little frightening. All that she knows, all that she loves is slipping away. You know that this is, this is also a, a picture of our sin when we take little steps away from God, one step at a time, stop reading our Bible, stop uh, joining in church services, we stop praying, we stop giving, we stop witnessing. Darkness, descending into the darkness. So let's follow along now, Ruth chapter 1, and see what we all can learn from this very special book. Ruth 1, beginning in verse 1. Now it came to pass... In the days when the judges ruled, that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi. And the name of his two sons, Malon and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech... Naomi's husband died, and she was left, and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab, and the name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband." Then she arose with her daughter-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her. And they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them. And they lifted up their voice and they wept. Tragedy. Heartache. Loneliness. 
sickness and death. This is the story of Ruth. As well as many people listening to this message today, already several in our own church have had family members, elderly family members outside of our church who have died because of COVID-19. But for God's people, uh, these, these difficult kinds of circumstances do not have to overwhelm us. They do not have to discourage us. They do not have to defeat us because we have the word of God, because we are able to be able to see with eyes of faith like the Hebrews uh, 11 heroes who were able to see beyond this life into the next to look for a, a city and a country we call heaven, not made with human hands, but made by the Lord himself for his people. And so we have a hope that allows us to turn on the light when we get to the bottom of the dark staircase. Now, Naomi and Ruth, they lived around 1100 B.C., the days of the judges. Ruth is the bridge from the period of the judges to the time of the kings. So look with me here at verse 1. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled. And we know the judges. You know, there's, there's uh, Samson and, 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 and there was a difficult, dark time in that period. But notice if you turn to the end of the book of Ruth and the last verse, and you'll read this. And Obed begat Jesse and Jesse begat David. And so Ruth is the bridge book. It is the segue from judges to the kings. The days of judges were dark days full of suffering and war, famine and death, a direct result of punishment brought on because of, well, because of their idolatry and because of their immorality. But life went on. In a little town called Bethlehem, there was a typical Jewish wedding between Elimelech and Naomi. God blessed them with two sons, Malon and Chilion. No matter what was happening in the world, how bad it was, Life is still sweet when things are good at home, right? Uh, they didn't have much, but they had each other. And that brings us to the, the joys of motherhood. I, I don't suppose it can really be put in words, the joys of being a mom. God literally creates a new life. A new soul is brought into the universe that is going to live forever. And moms, after nine months of this baby boy or baby girl growing inside of you they are born into this world but motherhood is it's a lot of work and so moms today uh, we say thank you uh, here is something that talks about motherhood incorporated a new mom says one vacation day a year that's all that i get answer well, we call it Mother's Day, but technically uh, you still will have to go to work. And so I hope that is not true in your home. Now, there's no way to exaggerate the influence that you have in the role of a mom. Now, here are some thoughts about how to expand your influence on your kids and your grandkids. Uh, but these points I want to share really apply to all of us. The top qualities of a good mom. Here we go. Number one, be a godly example. You are the first role model your kids will know. Be a good and godly role model. Don't just talk about God, but show God to your kids and your grandkids. And then set boundaries. Kids need 
boundaries to thrive. They need to know what they can and what they cannot do. These are not rules. Uh, These are loving fences. And you need to explain it that way, that you're trying to help guide them, protect them, and show them the path that God would have them to go. And then number three, be respectful. You see, respect has two sides to it. If you want your child to show you respect, then you also need to be able to give them respect in return. Number four, be supportive and loving. It can be tough growing up. I mean, whether it's potty training or whether it's college exams, let them know that you are there for them, to pray for them, to be able to help them. And then to be patient. Well, I know this is probably the most difficult quality to master consistently. Uh, Just when you're getting ready to lose it, like you saw in that mom in the opening video, just take a deep breath. Lower your voice. Walk over to that child. Look them in the eye. Get close to their ear. And whisper. Whisper. Now, I'm not suggesting you use that demonic exorcist voice. (laughs) Do exactly what I tell you to do. No, 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 not that. uh, Something more like... Okay, sweetheart, Uh, mommy wants you to share that toy now. Okay, so be patient and then forgive. Forgive. Your children will make mistakes. Moms, remember that, that it was their father that passed Adam's sin nature onto them. Uh, So forgive them when they do wrong because, because they will do wrong. They will sin they will fall and after they've been disciplined that comes then comes forgiveness and comes the hugs and the kisses and the prayers now forgiveness goes both ways as i mentioned don't be afraid to ask for your kids forgiveness if you're the one that is doing wrong now naomi she uh, she enjoyed She experienced the joys of motherhood with her two sons. But also, uh, here we see the sorrows of motherhood that she went through. First of all was famine. Famine, life happens. That's a way of saying bad things happen to everyone, right? Uh, I know it's going to, uh, I, I know what it's like just to go through this roller coaster of life with trials. Uh, Losing a, a dad. Uh, as as a child and then losing a wife to cancer when I had two small boys at home and then losing my second dad last November. Now I want you to watch how the sorrows of loneliness come come like a flood uh, into Naomi's life. First of all, we see the, the loss of family fellowship. Naomi moved with, uh, with her husband and sons from her hometown uh, and she left everything behind that was familiar. What did they leave behind? Everything. I mean, she left behind her family, her friends, her home, her house. What do, why did they leave? Well, because of the famine in the land. Rather than, well, rather than trust God and endure some suffering, her husband Elimelech said, we're moving to Moab. And they did. What a lonely time for Naomi. No contact with mom or dad. No fellowship with brothers or sisters, uh, nieces or nephews or neighbors, no calls, no texts, no FaceTime, no Zoom, no mail, no Facebook, I mean nothing. And then secondly, we see the loss of a spouse 
in verse 3, And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. Unless the Lord returns, death comes to us all. Unless the Lord returns, half of all long-term marriages will end by death, leaving one spouse behind in the land of the living. Alone. Alone. And so Naomi is widowed in a foreign land. But it gets worse. The loss of, of a spouse and then the loss of, of spiritual fellowship in verse 4. Look what happens. Uh, and the sons take them wives of the women of Moab, Orpah and Ruth. Her sons marry unbelievers. That was a heartbreak. It's bad enough to live in a pagan land, but then to have your kids marry unbelievers, uh, uh, women who worship false gods. Ouch! Now, these were kind women, but there wasn't any spiritual fellowship or spiritual communion with these daughters-in-law. But then it gets worse. Verse 5, the loss of her sons. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them. Can't you, can't you hear Naomi say, this is not the way it's supposed to be. I'm not supposed to bury my sons. They're supposed to bury me. And then there's the loss of joy and hope. In verse 6, she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. Now for a woman in the Old Testament, other than death itself, this is about the absolute worst possible thing that could happen to Naomi. No income, uh, no food, no way to keep her home. Back in Bethlehem, she will tell her old friends, Do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, bitter, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and I have returned home again empty, verse 20 and 21. Now, if that's the end of the story, that would be a pretty bleak story. But it is not the end. It is one of those but God moments. And I love it in the Bible. But God, a but God moment. Naomi decides to return to Bethlehem. She tells her widowed uh, daughter-in-laws, go home. And they weep and they say, no, 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 we will go with you. Verse 10, Naomi says, no, no, you can't do that. You will live in poverty with me. Just go home in verses 11 to 13. Now you have three ladies crying crocodile tears. Look with me in verse 14. And they lifted up their voice. This is the second time. They lifted up their voice and they wept again. Middle Eastern women with Middle Eastern customs, they know how to mourn and they know how to weep. And they lifted up their voices loudly. Now look with me at the end of verse 14. But Ruth, here it is. But Ruth clave unto her unto Naomi. Uh, this is where the story begins to go from dark to light. And so I bring you to the road back to God. The road back to God because Ruth chooses to go with Naomi. Now we begin the road to redemption. It is the story of God's love for every mother, every father, every son, every daughter. Uh, look with me at verse 16. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. 
Tens of thousands have quoted this verse in love letters to one another. Many have used uh, these words in wedding ceremonies. You see, Ruth is willing to leave Moab behind forever to follow Naomi to Israel. Ruth is willing to give up the old worldly ways of Moab and by faith follow the ways of the Jewish people. She is ready to make a, a dramatic change in her life. She's willing to become a daughter and submit to Naomi uh, as her mother and as her mentor. I believe this is the testimony of her salvation. I believe she is, is claiming her faith in Jehovah God. She is believing and loving and trusting and following the one true God. May I say a word to all the sons and to all the daughters still living at home? You know, I, I, I know it's hard growing up in the 21st century. And I know it's really hard uh, growing up in the middle of a world pandemic. I mean, it only comes, what, every hundred years or so? But it is not a sign of maturity to rebel, to criticize, to belittle, to scold, or to put down your parents' faith or your parents' lifestyle or your parents' standards. That's more a sign of your immaturity. Now, there's coming a day when God says that you will establish your own family. But until then, your obedience to God is equal to your obedience to your parents. Your disobedience to your parents is literally your disobedience to God. And if you, if you want God to bless your tomorrows... If you want God to bless your tomorrows, then start following Ruth, Ruth's example today and obey. Obey with a, with a godly attitude. And so Ruth makes this incredible commitment of faith and obedience there in verse 16. Now watch what happens as we discover life lessons, life lessons from Naomi and from Ruth. First of all, we see that grief can blind you from God's blessings. If you let it, grief can blind you from God, God's blessings. After two really good cries, Naomi becomes consumed with her grief. And she will lament when she gets back to Bethlehem. I went out full and I, I, I came home empty. God, God is against me. Is that true? Was God really against her? I don't think so. Uh, we like Naomi, are short-sighted when we blame our trials on God. Naomi has been care, uh, compared to the female version of Job and his suffering. She lost her husband. She lost her son. She lost her home. She lost her livelihood. She joins with the uh, ranks of Israel's lowest members, the poor and the widowed. And she cried out in her grief, but she neglected to see the great gift that God had given to her in Ruth. Before we became Christians, we were like Naomi. We were like spiritual widows. We were a step away from eternal death every day. All of our earthly blessings are, well, they're just useless without a relationship with God. Jesus said, for what shall it profit if a man gains the whole world and, what, loses his own soul? And when we, like Naomi, focus on what we have lost, rather than what we have been given, 
we will be blinded and we will be defeated by grief. If you were married and widowed, thank God for the years that you had together. Jody had a cousin that is her age die yesterday in Canada. It was her best friend growing up. Years ago, this girl was married at Christmas time and she was widowed the day before Valentine's Day. She was only married seven weeks. And yet many of you can thank God for years or decades that God gave you together. So don't let grief blind you from God's blessings. Don't focus on what you have lost but rather focus on what you have because every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Here's a life lesson. God gives us favor when we are humble. Ruth shows her humility when she follows Naomi. Chapter 1, verse 16. Naomi shows humility when she returns to Bethlehem. Chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. Uh, the Bible says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. And we're just going to see him pouring grace onto these ladies. But can you imagine the, the gossip in town? Everyone was talking about Naomi. Everyone was judging Naomi. Yes, her husband made a bad decision years earlier. And when he moved his family to Moab, I wonder how many were thinking. I wonder how many actually said, I told you so. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have gone. Don't, don't we all love uh, to, to think or maybe say out loud, I told you so. But it, it can be so, so prideful. You know, when someone's down, they don't need someone to kick them. They need someone to reach out and give them a helping hand back up. But they showed humility and God helped them back up. Life lessons from Naomi and Ruth. Uh, grief can blind you from God's blessings. God gives favor when we are humble. Here's one. Work hard and watch God provide. Work hard and watch God provide. In chapter 2, back in Bethlehem, Naomi goes to glean in the field. Remember the message on followers of Christ, help the poor and needy. And church family, you have been wonderful and abundant in giving and helping to those in need. So God bless you for that these last two months. But God had made a law in Deuteronomy 24 to not harvest every last little bit of of grain so that the foreigner and the poor and the widow, uh, the fatherless, could go out and get some. This benevolent law wasn't simply welfare because the poor had to go out. They had to go out and, and work and collect the grain themselves. You know, obedience in everyday life pleases God. And so just do right today. And then when tomorrow comes, just do right again. Because you want to please God. You say, but no one's going to see me. Uh, but God will see. God will see. And isn't he the most important one that we want to be able to please? The answer is yes. Well, by accident, or should we say by providence, Ruth gleans in the part of a field owned by Boaz, a wealthy relative of Naomi. Boaz says, Ruth, don't go anywhere else. Keep close to me and I will look after you. 
Uh, Ruth goes home. She tells Naomi she's worked in the field of Boaz. And Naomi's sorrow turns to joy. And, and she says, Blessed be the Lord who hath left uh, off his, not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. He is our next kinsman. Spiritually, we are just like Ruth. When we first meet Jesus, you know, we are outsiders. We're homeless. We're hungry. We're empty. We come to him not because we are worthy, but because he is worthy. And so life lessons. Grief can blind you from God's blessings. God gives us favor when we are humble. Work hard and watch God provide. And now notice next, God can bring you a godly friend. God can bring you a godly friend, and we all need godly friends. The most important things in life, well, they're not things. They're relationships. And number one, beyond everything else, number one is our relationship with God. If you're not saved, if you're not born again, if you're not sure you're going to heaven, turn to Jesus Christ today. Trust him. Believe that he is the son of God. Believe that he died on the cross for your sins to take your place. Believe that he rose again, that he took your hell and you can have a relationship with God. He can become your best friend. You can be saved today. Next, our relationship with our blood family, our relationship with our spiritual family, and then our relationship with our friends. It's all about relationships. Here, this is uh, Mother's Day from a couple of years ago. Steve and I forcing our mom to go to our favorite Chinese restaurant, which is now closed. In that bottom picture there to the right, well, that is... That's Steve's hand in my mom's face. <laughs> but you already knew that, didn't you? <laughs> All right. Uh, and then this is the last time I was able to see my mom. Uh, she was up for the holidays. My mom spotted this photo booth and she said, hey, uh, let's go have some fun. And, and so we went in it together and make some memories. And uh, uh, this is on my refrigerator. My mom has a copy of it as well. And, and my, uh, well, my mom watches uh, our services every Sunday. And so I, I just want to say, hi, mom. Happy Mother's Day. Miss you and love you. And thank you for your love and prayers. You know, you don't have to have a lot of money uh, to make memories. Uh, it's a choice. It's an attitude. It's a decision that you make. Ruth chapter three, the romance begins. God can bring you a godly friend. That night, Naomi, well, what happened is Naomi, she, she dusted off an old DVD and they watched the, uh, the old film Fiddler on the Roof. Naomi taught that old Jewish hymn uh, to Ruth. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Find me a fine, catch me a cat. No, no, that's not what happened. Uh, what she did do is she said, here's what I want you to do. She tells Ruth now when the harvest is over and they have had their meal and he is guarding his, his uh, uh, harvest asleep, you, you, you go and you lie down and you uncover his feet. And when he wakes up, and Naomi says to Ruth, you ask him if he will perform the near kinsman custom. Sure enough, at midnight, Boaz got cold feet. I mean, literally, and he woke up. And there is this beautiful young woman at his feet. And she makes the request, and he is, he is overjoyed. Boaz says, Ruth, I will perform the kinsman redeemer, because I know that you are a virtuous woman. Again, obedience. 
Obedience pleases God with Ruth, with Boaz. Well, chapter four seals the deal. Boaz is the kinsman redeemer. What does that mean? Under Old Testament law, a male relative had the privilege and responsibility to help a relative in trouble or need. What does it mean? It means someone who delivers. It means someone who rescues or redeems. Boaz takes Ruth as his wife and they have a son and they name him Obed, who is the grandfather of David. Not only does Naomi's daughter-in-law, the former pagan, marry a Jewish man, but he is in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Now, you know what I'm going to say next, because Boaz is a picture of our Savior. Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. He is our brother, Hebrews 2.11. He redeems us because sin has destroyed all of our hopes of heaven. Without him, we are doomed to eternal death. And like Ruth, we are sinful idolaters until Jesus saves us. And then, like Ruth, he invites us to his table. He invites us to become part of his family. He wants us to move into his home. Not only does he rescue us, but together as a church, we make up the the bride of Christ and he wants to marry us. And we will be seated at the marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven. And when others see God at work in us, like those in Bethlehem said of Naomi, you are blessed. You are blessed of the Lord. Yes, everyone. Everyone, if your mom is alive, you tell her, that you love her. Tell her why you love her. And if your mom is gone from this earth, share a story of her love with others. You know, maybe you just take a day off from from posting things like political posts. And why don't you take today or tomorrow, why don't you post a story about your mom? Keep her memory alive. A blessing that she was to you. And so the message of Ruth is, please God first. When you please God, you, you bless others. May we pray. Our Father, today we are grateful to open up your holy word and to hear from heaven and to find truth and principles and applications that help us all draw closer to you, not just in knowledge, but in heart and soul and attitude, spiritual life. Now, Father, I pray for those who may not be sure that heaven is their home. May they turn to you today. If you're not sure that when you would die, you'd go to heaven. If you have some doubt, if you have some worries or fears, today is the day to take the step of faith. Someone is praying for you. Someone in your family is praying for you. You can be the answer to that prayer today. So if you sense the Spirit of God tapping on your heart, join me. Call upon the Lord and receive him right now. Would you pray with me? Father, I know that I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe Jesus died for me and rose again. Please come into my heart and become my Lord and Savior. I trust 
Jesus and Jesus alone to save me. And now for those of us who are saved, would you, would you just follow Ruth's example? Let's pray. Father, I pray each one of us would have a passion to believe, a passion to obey, a passion to glorify Jesus Christ in our lives this week. Lord, help us to put off selfishness and put on selflessness. And may it begin in our family and church family and our community as we pray for revival in our country, as we pray for deliverance from the virus. God, help us to point people to the deliverance from sin in our Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.